Welcome to Mighty Girls. By the age of 17, 55% of girls will have dropped out of sport. That number is much, much smaller for boys. Often it's not because they don't like sport anymore either, it's other things. It might be juggling sport with schoolwork or grappling with changing bodies and managing periods. On each episode of Mighty Girls, I'll be talking to girls who are achieving great things in their sports despite the challenges. We'll talk to them about their highs and their lows, what they've done to last the distance and how it's helped them in other areas of their lives. I'll also talk to parents, coaches and other healthcare professionals for tips, advice and insights on how we can keep girls engaged in sport. Thanks for joining me. Enjoy the show. Welcome to this third episode of Mighty Girls. Today we have Michael and Ava. Ava, you will have seen uh, quite a lot on our Instagram. She is the climber who's often scaling high walls and achieving remarkable feats. So join me in welcoming Michael and Ava. Hi, guys. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hi, so excited to have you guys on and to hear your story. Um, just prior to getting onto the chat, I learned that my assumption that Ava comes from a long line of climbers is actually completely wrong. And I need to know how this young girl became the climbing phenomenon that she is. So Michael, take it away. Right, so Ava's always been very active from right from preschool and all through through lower school. And um, we've tried her uh, through I think every single sport that I can think of. Um soccer for a little bit. Um she wanted to do cheerleading, which she did cheer- oh gymnastics, gymnastics first. And then we went to cheer jazz, then cheerleading which you became, was it second at nationals? And then ballet. Like and that. then ballet for a little bit. <laughs> uh, not, none of these actually, she really enjoyed every one, but none seemed to be that passion about, passionate about. And then the rock climbing came around by, I was just visiting our local um, rock climbing players during a school holiday from, a, from an advert that we saw. Wow. We just swung in there because we had a few spare days and mm-hmm. we were looking for activities to do, fun activities, rather than staying in the house, you know, watching too many movies, which sometimes happens over the school holidays. And um, that was it, wasn't it? From there, where they recommended us visit a bouldering gym. And I think since the first time we stepped foot at Core Bouldering Gym, it's been three times a week since for the last two and a half, three years. Wow, ever since that that weekend? Yep. Wow. Yep. So Ava, tell me, you tried all of those other sports and obviously achieved some really great things in those sports. Yeah. What was it about climbing that really appealed to you over what the other sports delivered? So climbing, so I like using my fingers a lot and in cheerleading, like they, I was like the flyer, so I was getting flied around everywhere, and I was a bit scared to do that. So, yeah, all the other ones didn't really suit me. So I was trying to find a new thing to do, and I just guess climbing was my thing because like I really enjoyed it and like did it more. Fantastic! Yeah. And that first first day that you went in, 
what did what was that like so how did how does it work as in i've only ever climbed a couple of times so explain to a non-climber somebody that's only ever been to a climbing gym a couple of times what the sport is about so it's like there's a lot of like good people in the sport like when you do competitions they cheer you on and like everyone's lovely in climbing so climbing is like holds on a wall or like outdoor climbing like rock like holds like rocks but like pinches and stuff and like you pinch them and or you if there's like jugs like you climb up and or climb sideways it's like you just climb and it's fun yeah yeah and um yeah that's all about climbing it's just fun it has a great team and they all support you along where you go and when you're climbing competitively do you compete as a team yeah sometimes a lot of people and including me get competitive but mostly we support our friends and we're like we support everyone even if we don't know anyone we just still support them Mm mm-hmm Fantastic. So that community aspect is really important. And is that something that you kind of love just as much as the sport? Yeah. Yeah. I love like supportive teams. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is. It's a very unique um, experience, not coming from a climbing background and coming from other, I guess, um, um, yeah, youth sports. And, and witnessing them to see a climbing competition and it is an individual sport it's all the climbers on their own individual journey but to see them actively cheer on someone that they're competing against because they want them to get beat the wall just as much as they could or couldn't but they still cheer them on anyway it was a bit of an eye-opener for us as a as a sport when we first came in and you you can't help but fall in love with the community um as a whole not just in competing either but even just around the gyms i could see that you were incredible this was on instagram You were incredibly excited about a kind of little jump thing you did, which looked really, really cool. Um, You went from one platform, one jug, did you call it, to another on a wall, and there was kind of a little jump in between. So what is that called, and how long did it take you to master that incredible-looking skill? On the top right. Mm -hmm. Was Was it on a rope? I think you went from one... I think, was it orange? Were it orange holds? Yes. I think they're talking about the coordination diner. Yeah. Yeah. That's so the one. It was a diner. Yeah, diner. That's yeah, the, the top one. right one? No. The, the one which um, it was the, it was after the state competition and it was the junior, the junior climb, which is set for 17 to 18 year olds. And it was it was that one. It was part of wow. that time. That wow. um, and she worked it with her coach Eve. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's it's a coordination orange. You want to talk about that a bit? I the still process? can't remember what coordination orange you're talking about. I've done so many oranges. I <laughs> can't remember what one. 
that in itself is hilarious because the look on your face was as though you'd won a million dollars in the lottery and it just goes to show how many achievements you clock up that um you know that's just one of many memories and that in itself is so incredibly cool um but it did it did look exceptionally difficult and now that i know that it was something that was designed for kids that are you know many many years older than you <laughs> that really is exceptional Ava how old are you again I'm 10 years old goodness me really <laughs> quite in, quite phenomenal and um, what other sports do you do outside of climbing if any um, or do you do as um, other other hobbies or is it just all climbing well at um, PE at school sometimes I do soccer Mm-hmm. And I do baseball, and that's about it. But um, yeah, I love climbing the most. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's clear. <laughs> and if how many? Not, if she's not climbing in the gyms. She's climbing at home, or she's finding a tree, or monkey bars. <laughs> or that's something. really incredible. Yeah. And yeah, you do. You hear about those those kids? They're always the stories of you know the those outlandish celebrity, you know, wonder kids who grew up not doing what all the other kids did, but watching YouTube clips of, you know, their favourite, you know, their favourite competitor in their field or, as you say, climbing trees, et cetera, et cetera. So watch this space, hey? (laughs) Yeah, it it was um, that was the Olympic climbing movie. There's an Olympic climbing movie called Climbing for Gold, Climb for Gold. Yeah. And it follows the, um, the four female athletes from the recent Olympics. And um, it at one point in the movie, it goes back to when they were six, seven, and eight. And it shows you them climbing up door frames. Oh, and wow. things like that. And it's, there's a lot of similarities that you can see. And it, Fantastic to show um, young athletes and young females. Yeah, it goes like up in like yeah. sh- like short years of when they're climbing together. It's like it's like my friends and me like climbing. That yeah. sounds like an exceptional film. I will definitely link to that in the in the show notes. Yeah, it's it's just a. I I, I really love that it's spent the time to actually put that in because sometimes for these young athletes they have these idols and it almost seems impossible to get from where they are to where they are. But then this actually did skip back and show you like a jump through the years of them doing similar things to what these girls are doing now. So it's, it was, it was a really, really good movie to watch. And it's nice to see your idols um, that far back and what they were doing back then. Yeah. Well, do you think the girls are represented, Ava, as far as numbers? Do you think it's pretty even? Um, yeah, I'd say about even. Between boys and girls? In the last competition we had, which was last week, um, the first time ever, there was a larger female representation than mm. males for oh, the first time ever. That's music to my ears. Yeah, Go so climbing. We're tilting the balance. Yes, yes. And may many sports follow or at least even up. That's really good news. 
So are you finding, given you've been in the sport for two and a half years, that the involvement of girls is increasing or has it been like that since you started? It is increasing. It, yeah, yeah, it's definitely increasing. And one thing I would like to add as well, at the youth level, they are giving the um, for, for the lower years, maybe not so much the older years, but for the lower years for now, they're giving the females the same difficulty climbs and the same climbs as the males. Fantastic. And how do you feel about that, Ava? Do you think that that's yeah. reasonable? There's yeah. no difference in, yeah, fantastic. And I imagine at that age before the development kicks in and the upper body strength becomes disparate and, and that kind of thing that it makes sense, doesn't it? There's probably not actually that much difference in, in the levels of ability. So, yeah, yeah. I think it comes around youth B, maybe in about three, three or four years time, yeah. more experience, they'll start to split. Um, it's called root setting. Okay. So, um, the root setters decide the, the style, the, the reach and everything else of the climbs. And then, um, so you're in youth D, mm -hmm. youth D and youth C tend to do same climbs because you're right, that, that developmental stage where there is almost no difference um, yeah. or no advantage either way. Yeah. Uh, even, yeah, it, yeah. Even when they're older um, and you have those developmental um, differences, there's different skill sets that each gender would be more, uh, more adapted to. Mm -hmm. Or you'll find if a climb in a gym, in a bouldering gym, say, is very flexibility, flexibility orientated. Try saying that 50 I times know, faster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, if, it, if you find that the climber needs to display more flexibility to achieve the climb, it doesn't matter how strong you are. It, Absolutely. It, it's all about the amount of training and balance and and your size, your I imagine, too. on the wall. I, I really think it's not that gender-specific climbing. Yeah. I think anyone yep. can climb. Mm. It's just a, a matter of um, having uh, the ability to deal with heights. I do not have that ability. I completely freak out whenever I'm above a couple of feet. <laughs> How did you overcome that, Ava? You just never um, never had a fear of heights or did you work on it? Well, I learned that because I uh, when I started climbing, I didn't really like falling. So I said to myself, I if I get further up, I won't fall. So if I climb further up, then I won't fall. So that's how I overcome my fears of heights because I just told myself that if I just jump down, then I'll be scared. But if I just climb up and then climb down, I'll be fine. Okay. So as you get higher, you're less likely to fall. Is that right? No. So when if I wanted to fall, I would fall. But if I just hang hanged on till I get to the top, then I won't fall, hopefully, and then I'll come down. Understood. Understood. Fantastic. It sounds... There's a little difference of the, the fear of heights. And um, mm. it's a little bit different when, so you can be, like, let's say if you work in construction, work on scaffolding, you can be scared of heights and mm. scared of looking down. Once you're climbing, the, the fear of heights is a little bit different because you're not necessarily stood upright. When you fall, you're in a precarious position. And sometimes <laughs> you're, 
the way they set the routes is you have to jump from one place to another and completely leave the wall. And that is that is against human nature to want to do that. So I think it's more of not necessarily height. You can be not scared of heights at all, but be scared of heights while you're climbing, I think. Well, because particularly you have to leap off a wall from one ledge to another. I think that's a perfectly re- reasonable human <laughs> response. And how, Ava, do you work on overcoming that? Um, like I said, like I don't really care about, like I just don't look down because that would freak me out. Like if I'm high on top rope, I still get scared. But on bordering, I don't because it's not that high to me. But on top rope, for me, it's a bit higher. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I just don't look down. So that's how I don't get scared. I just don't look down. Sounds like a good ball. approach. And it's worked thus far. Mm. You explained to me and the listeners what the difference is between top rope and bouldering. The top rope has a rope, and if the other, like if the belayer doesn't give you the slack, it's like they're helping you. But in bordering, like you have your own weight, no one's helping you. You have, like it's it's like solo. solo. And you're going side to side bouldering, right? Not up and down, is that correct? So you can go up and down diagonal, or you can go, like, you can go up and then down and then up. Like, it's, it's everything. Okay, but it's not as high because obviously you don't have yeah. the... Yeah, okay. Do you know how high bouldering is? Four metres. Four and a half metres, yeah. Okay. But bouldering is up to... It's un, untethered, um, so there's there's no safety rope, no harnesses, um, no safety. Uh, it's basically... It's 4.5 metres, but you do have a... The floor is generally a crash mat. So the entire floor that that you land on will be a um, high-density foam um, absorbing. It still hurts, though. That's what I – I've landed on one of those before. That still really – that still ends in bruises. So you you learn over time, you learn to safety roll, keep your arms tucked in. And then, yeah, top rope is um, you have a harness on and you're um, connected to the rope at the top. Ava is starting to learn a little bit lead climbing, which is different again. Lead climbing is essentially you start from the ground with your harness on and a rope, but you're not tied in from the top of the climb. You have to clip your rope in as you go, which means if you fall, you might fall three or four meters before the rope catches you. You imagine you've got the equipment already on the wall, but how do you get the rope to the top? Right. So you actually have to do lots of little mini sections where you're climbing without safety. Oh, I see. You then clip the rope in. If you fall from that point where you clip, the rope will catch you from that clip point. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Wow. But to get higher up the climb, you have to climb above your clip until you get to the next clip. So it's like lots of little boulders on top of each other. Oh, wow. And do you enjoy that, Ava? Yeah, I do. I only just started to train lead climbing because it's there's more risks involved and it's uh, mm. more at stake. 
it's the kind of thing that you need to learn in order to be able to travel with your climbing and that kind of thing though right to be able to sort of do well travel climbing i guess yeah yeah a uh, comp com um competition wise as well um when she gets into youth b um she'll be lead climbing they, they get rid of the top rope element so you can do bouldering or you can do lead climbing and that's as she gets into her late teens um early teens wow yeah 13, wow. 13. okay Wow, it's it's um, interesting to hear about all the different progressions. Cause one of the things I'd like to think girls get out of listening to Mighty Girls or that parents get out of listening to Mighty Girls is that they get ideas for the one, the kinds of sports that they that they or their kids might enjoy getting involved in, but then also have an insight into what the progressions are. Because I know as a parent of kids who try various things when you start you don't really know what that progression looks like it's something that you experience over time which I'm sure you've as uh, you know somebody who didn't climb yourself in the past yeah. Yeah. would know as well you you, you you don't know what the journey looks like um, so it's really good to hear what those steps are and what's in store so you get a little insight into what the opportunities are and what the evolution is yeah, it, progression is actually something we've probably spoke a lot about in the last six months because we're lear we've learned a lot in the last six months, um, especially Ava going to nationals and bringing home my first national championship in the for bouldering. Um, is we're starting to learn potential pathways and what that means if she if that's what she wants to go down. So there's, and then looking at what other famous climbers, um, paths they've gone down. Some people have done very well in competitive climbing, then done a complete 90 degree turn and become famous outdoor climbers. Okay, so you've and got then, that, and then, those and options. And then quit the competition scene and they just bus around the world doing climbs no one's done yet. And then, <laughs> then but then it's the comp competition side of climbing where um a sport climbing indoor climbing um where you have lots of different pathways you could go to speed climbing and um, which is essentially the best way of explaining this is is it is the equivalent to track and field that is um hurdles okay yep that makes sense okay the hurdles are the same heights and distance apart in every country around the world same track same set out and as a, as a hurdler, you can turn up to any track and you know what's in front of you. Speed climbing is in this 15 meter wall at five degrees and the holds are set a certain distance apart from each other. And it's all exact all around the world where they have speed walls. So wow. you know that if you train on one and you get a record, it's, it's a legitimate um, record around the world. That means it's something that could potentially be added to mm. the Olympics. It got added to the Olympics last year. It did. The oh, fantastic. Yeah. You guys must have been glued to the TV. We was. So there was speed climb. In, in the last Olympics, they combined all three disciplines. They combined lead climbing, bouldering, and speed. So every athlete had to be adequate in all three. And then the, the, the combined score. I think for the next Olympics coming up, speed is going to be split out mm. so and the combine is lead and boulder and we're thinking for la and brisbane which we're super excited about 
um, all three disciplines will be individual. Okay. Potentially. Am I getting the vibe here then, given that you're looking so closely into this, that that might be an aspiration favour? She, she has mentioned it on occasion. <laughs> oh, that's very exciting. Okay. What do you think, Ava? Yeah. That sounds pretty been. definitive. Yeah. I've always wanted to be in the Olympics with my friends. <laughs> it would be an incredible, uh, well, one, an incredible experience uh, from a sporting perspective and I think from a social perspective, getting together with all those people from around the world who have the same interest and the same level of skill that you do would be a pretty exceptional thing to be involved in. Ava, I was asking you earlier about your idols. So in the field of climbing, who are the, for you anyway, um, the climbers that you look at and just think, oh, you're the best? <laughs> I like Brooke Crabatou. I like Kenya Garnbrit. There's so many, I can't remember them all. Um, what's her last name? Miho Nanaka? Yeah, Miho Nanaka. Um, How about outdoor ones? Natalia Grossman. And, oh my God, I can't remember any. There's so many. So they're all, all the female climbers. There's a lot of female climbers that Ava looks up to, yeah. Yeah. Ashima. Yeah. Ashima Shibuyashi. Yeah, and then, um, what's the German girl? Hannah Mule. And the other one? Oh my god. I can't There's a lot. a lot. There's so many. Lot, yeah. yeah. And when you watch them doing their thing, what is it that you love about what they achieve and want to replicate yourself? I like how what I like how they all climb and also like the different techniques they have and when they know that the other person's got further, um, the other like the other people support them and like hug them and like that's what I really like. They're supportive about each other. And yeah. they're like they're not sad, and like they're happy for each other no matter what place they come, mm -hmm. and they try their best, and that's what I like about them. Brilliant. Yeah. Eva, with um, all this incredible climbing that you're doing, I imagine there's probably a lot of training involved as well, and I'd love to hear about how you balance that with your schoolwork and social life, and basically how you fit it all in. Yeah, so some days after training when I go climbing, I get really tired the next day, so I don't want to go to school because my muscles hurt because I tried too hard. But, yeah, it's really fun um, climbing after school too and also, like, telling all my friends about, like, what I did on the weekend and, like, what like if I did my projects and, like, yeah, climbing and school, balancing them is pretty hard, but we get like we um know how to balance it well so yeah it's really fun um climbing and doing school and yeah doing school work sometimes before i go coaching i have to do my homework 
Ah, uh, so it's like you have to get your homework done in order to be able to go. Is that yeah. used as like the lure? Yeah, that's what my dad says. If you want to go climbing, you have to do your homework. Fantastic. It, and it, it's very time intensive climbing, not because of the amount of training you have to do. It's just very hard to get out of the gym once, once she's there. in there. Mm. <laughs> That's a good sign, though. It's um, it sounds like it's a wonderful social community group as well as as well as it, it you know, getting the sporting so, benefit. Yeah. Can you remember the longest you've ever spent in the gym? Seven hours. Seven hours. Michael, were you there for seven hours too? You know, I, yeah. I I was drinking coffee, banana bread, and chatting to the other parents. No, but... it was be- it was because we was going to leave, and then one of my one of my fr- my school friends came in. And I was like, Dad, can we please just stay another an hour? And then he was like, 30 minutes, okay? And, and then it ended up being like five hours more. Well, you certainly are persuasive. <laughs> <laughs> and what does training look like? You said there's not a lot of training, but I know that you do have, um, you know, Saturday sessions from our discussions before, and you've got a one-on-one coach who I'm really keen to hear more about as well. So when you're in those sessions, what, what do they look like? What do you do? So um, I, when I do, like, training, we normally, yeah, so the coaches are really nice and also when we, like, start training, like when we start the session off, the first time I thought we were just going to climb the whole day, but he made us do, like, push-ups and, like, stuff. And, yeah, every time we go there, we do, like, a little training, like, mini session, then we climb to warm up. And he always checks if we're warmed up and we always go, yep, because we don't want to do any more training. And, yeah, that's Chris. And then with Eve, yeah, she makes me do the same thing. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. And how many times a week do you go to the gym to train? About four. Wow, that sounds like a lot of time and probably a lot of money too. <laughs> it's about four times, three to, three to four times. Each one's about three. We try and cap it at three hours if we can. Holy smokes. Wow. Yeah. And and you're there or your partner's there the whole time? Myself or Joe would be there, yeah, sometimes wow. both. And um, sometimes we put our own climbing shoes on too. Fantastic. Join, so join that's actually... Fun. Yeah, yeah, I was actually going to ask that if if you've started to climb as well. I started climbing about three months after Ava did. Yeah. It was actually the other way around. So Ava kind of found it first, found the love. Absolutely, should run riot in the gyms, going around smashing everybody's projects mm-hmm. at eight years old. And I guess, yeah, you, as a parent at first, you sat watching, taking photos, meeting people, having a chat, but then it got to the point where the sessions, instead of being an hour, became two to three hours. And you quickly realize, oh, do you know what? She looks like she's having a lot of fun. I'm going to give it a go. And then I think it was about six months after that, we got mum into it too, so. It's a whole family event. Climbing family, starting with Ava. Mm. That's really cool, Ava. What a great gift to give your family. Yeah, because... How people notice that I love core is because I spend all my birthdays there. And, yeah, like, all my friends, like, hang around. And, like, it's so fun. Like, I'm, like, 
my parents were like, what do you want to do for your birthday this year? And I'm like climbing at court. And they was like, again? And I was like, yeah, I love it. <laughs> it's, um, uh, it's such a core itself, such a fantastic community. They've built it from the ground up, community based. So it's, they set competition grade climbs slightly scaled down for smaller kids. So oh, they're yeah. actually really championing, championing the youth climbers that are essentially going to be your potential Olympians. And you can almost definitely say in the running for just the Australian team World Cups in the future. This climbing um, and the competing, which I also want to hear about what the competing schedule looks like and where you go and all of that kind of thing. How do you stay healthy and well and rested and at your best to put in what you need to to be able to do things like, you know, win national bouldering titles? Yeah, so I like I do a lot of warm like warm up and my mum always tells me before competitions, tap your muscles, like a little exercise before I climb. And also, yeah, I should go to bed early, but I'm too excited to go to bed early, so I end up at <laughs> like 11, even later. It's nice to hear the honesty there. It um, is, it is. It, and I love that it's because of excitement that she can't yes, sleep. What, um, what a way to live. <laughs> it, it, it is a fight the night before competitions about bedtime normally. But, but yeah. Um, look, yeah, I love the honesty, Ava. It's... Um, room for improvement let's let's leave it at that hey but it's obviously not not holding her back and you know when you are that excited and love something so much it would be really hard to it's like waiting for santa every weekend yeah yeah so both of my coaches well um mostly eve and also chris they give me words like at the top rope comp at state, um, every time before I climbed and I was nervous, Eve was there to support me and Chris. And they both they both told me to remember the words that they taught me, like like supportive, like mm, can't think of the word positive positive words, not negative like affirmations. Yeah, affirmations. Can you remember what one of the affirmations is? Remember Eve's affirmation? No. I am. No, I'm strong. Both of those things are definitely true. Well, they worked at the time. Yeah. And so she gives you things that you say to yourself as you're climbing. Yeah. Yeah. That makes me, yeah, happy. It makes me feel like I can do it because the words, um, yeah, the words just make me climb higher if i don't say the words then i probably will get low because i'm not thinking positive i'm probably thinking oh my god my hands are so sore will i slip instead of thinking the words that even chris tell me yeah yeah it's a good strategy it's actually um sports psychology and climbing together is a new thing it's climbing is not a new sport but i guess it's a new sport to most of the world. So we haven't necessarily had the um, 
the same infrastructure that other sports have had for a long time, like sports psychologists and um, nutritionists come to help us really re reach full potential. So uh, the sports psychology side of it um, is really interesting from what Team USA have done um, over there in the last few years where you'll see one of Eva's favorite climbers, Brooke Rabatou and, and Natalia Grossman, before they get on the wall, they, they'll spin around, look at the crowd, spin around, look at the wall with the biggest smile on their face. And it's smiling before you get on the wall. And even at nationals, one was in, when I did the top final, at the, in the middle, I smiled at the camera. Like, I just yeah, smiled in the middle of nowhere and I saw Dad pointing ca a camera at me. I was like, oh. <laughs> smiling when you're on the wall, I think they've done studies, um, puts you in a better mind frame for problem solving. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and, and Which is a major part of climbing. It's not just all... Um, strength and grip and endurance all those things come into it but at the end of the day you have to solve how to get up the wall mm. yeah, some of yes. the moves there'll only be one yeah. way you can do it and it you got to figure it out on the fly figure out that way and you might only have one attempt at it because mm. of the way it's structured you know what i mean if you do it the wrong way you're falling off mm. so it's problem solving and puzzles Puzzle solving on the fly under pressure whilst doing high intensity endurance work. To, in my opinion, I could read climbs really well. Like, because one, like last year's top rope comp at state, um, my old coach, Justin, he said that I climbed to the top exactly how it was meant for. And because that's why I think I'm really good at, like, reading the roots because, like, as well as, like, everybody talks when we are allowed to look at the wall and, like, they're like, oh, my God, I'm so sad. But whereas I, I just look at the wall by myself, like, no one can talk to me and, like, I'm just solving it out by myself and, yeah. What a fantastic skill to develop. I think that's, yeah, that's, um, that's an incredible thing to be able to learn so early on. Mm. Yeah, and you, what you've just touched a bit on there is part of the structure of competing is in a top rope or a lead competition, the climbers get to come out as a group and look at the climb for six minutes before they get on it. So okay. they all look at it as a group before they individually get on it. Even the boys with the girls. Yep, the like, boys and the girls come out. Together. They have a look at the route and they are allowed to sh discuss and share ideas with each other and it are you and people do you often find and again another bizarre thing that we not saying we couldn't quite believe it but again it's just another one of those things of how good climbing is as a sport you see competitors discussing with other competitors how they're gonna get to the top before they climb it's genuine camaraderie yeah yeah it's them versus the wall yeah yeah. yeah. Well, I, I guess it's the same as anything. The idea is very different to the implementation. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ava, can you tell me about what competing looks like and about your achievements in competing? So you talked about state. I know that there's national competitions as well. Um, how often do you compete? What do those 
events look like and what's next? Yeah, so I normally complete, so every month there's, no, every like about three months I'll say there's a, a comp or... There's about, yeah. yeah, so every year there'll be two state comps, one for yeah. Boulder, one for Leeds. And, and that that is yeah sorry that that is a selection event for Queensland yeah to get to the Queensland team. Those get you to nationals. Yeah, yeah where you get to compete against the top five from all the other states, and then I guess that's the pinnacle of the year for for any climber. And then we have lots of cool social competitions which look like different rules, like really interesting ways that they spin the climbing. Um, um, competitions, but yeah, with lots of most of the gyms have their own social comp. Some have two or three a year, so I think we're about fifteen or sixteen competitions a year. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. And the incredible accolade that you achieved recently. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah. So this year's national competition in Boulder. I came first in the 12 and unders and there was about like 18 to 20 girls and even like older than me, like 12 year olds and like 11 year olds and I, I was just um, 10. And so, 10, oh no, I was nine. Yeah, I was nine. And then, um, yeah, it was really fun and we had about six climbs. And seven climbs. Seven climbs. And, yeah, all my friends and I um, and other people tried really hard on them. And, yeah, last year's comp was – no, this year's national comp was really fun and I really enjoyed it. Brilliant. And, obviously, you achieved great things as well. That's, uh, you know, an incredible thing to be able to say in the future that, you know, you were – the uh, national champion in bouldering in 2022 and hopefully 23, 24, 25. <laughs> really, really exciting. And it's great to watch from the sidelines as well. Yeah. So Ava, um, wrapping up, I guess, um, I'm really keen to hear about what's next for you. When you look into the future, do you, what do you see? Is it something that you, you – ponder is does where does climbing fit and what other pursuits do you think might be ahead for you yeah so I was hoping in let me think 2032 I would be in the Olympics with all my friends and yeah so my future I would just want to like I would love to offer my job I'd love to have my own climbing gym running and yeah like everyone is like welcome and that's what my future would look like just climbing 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 fantastic which olympics is 2032 did you say that'll be brisbane oh of course oh well obviously you'll be there obviously brilliant well we'll be definitely standing by and and cheering hopefully even being front row yeah And Michael, um, I also wanted to touch on because I think it's um, just really cool when the aspirations of someone's kid, kind of what you said, it got you into climbing, but also you have a side hustle 
um, based on climbing now too. Tell tell us a bit about that. Yes, yes. So when we got into climbing, of course, Ava went into it 100 miles an hour um, and wanted, you know, the, a lot of the climbing gyms sell T-shirts and stuff that belong to the gym, all in adult sizes. So we're searching around to see if we can get some cool climbing tees in um, youth sizes, right from six up and nothing really there. So we started KNC climbing and um, started hand printing climbing t-shirts. Brilliant. Do you come up with um, your own climbing based kind of mantras and slogans and that yes, kind of thing? Yes, we do. So yep. Um, we use a lot of the slogans and words from climbing. We put a little spin on them, make them make them kid friendly, of course, and then um, paste them on the back of tees and um, singlets and things like that. And uh, yeah, no, it's been really fun. It's really cool to sometimes you know we forget that we're doing it, and you'll see a kid run past you in a gym. Are you sure you you experience the same thing? And it's, um, it's, it makes you really proud. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so, so very much for joining me um, in this episode of Mighty Girls. I think there's going to be a lot of listeners who are going to be fronting up at their nearest climbing um, gym or making the trip to visit CORE, given how awesome it sounds. Um, really appreciate your time and... Um, yeah, hopefully, um, in fact, I don't even think hopefully, I think we can say, Ava, we'll see you on the big screen in 2032. Yeah, thank <laughs> you. Yeah, it was like, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been so much fun talking to you. Thank you, Ava. And likewise, it's been really, really nice to hear all about your amazing adventures. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, thank you, Sarah. And look, if any of your listeners do want to reach out with the climbing questions, um, me and Ava are both pretty active on Instagram on our account. Um, so get them to shoot us a direct message and we'll get back to it if we can. Brilliant. I will put your handle in the show notes and, yes, encourage anybody to pepper you with questions and let's get more girls into climbing. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.